The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the program's contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the University of Alabama. Thank you all for listening to Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Quilt Backstories. My name is Kevin. And I'm Lizzie. Bless Our Hearts is a podcast about the stories of queer people living in Alabama. Jenny is with us today to share her experiences as a queer person who is also the daughter of a Baptist minister. Uh, We're here with Jenny. And so let's start off, Jenny, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I'm a secondary education major here um, in history. I'm a junior and um, I'm bisexual. And I realized that I was bisexual about a year and a half ago. And so it's just been a really good journey um, being out in college. Awesome. Thank you. The point of this is for you to tell us your story. So Jenny, what did you come to talk to us about today? Yeah, well, um, I'm actually a preacher's daughter. And so I feel like that's given me a pretty unique experience. Yeah, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have that reaction a lot. But so, like, growing up, you know, uh, and he's, uh, you know, homophobic and everything. And so um, growing up uh, as a preacher's daughter um, in the South has been um, really hard to have that internalized homophobia. And that's why I didn't even realize that I was bisexual until about a year and a half ago, I feel like, Mm -hmm. because um, it was never something that I considered, you Mm know. And, you know, like it feels like every time I turn around, there's something for my childhood or my teenage years that pops in my head that is like, oh, it should have been so obvious, you know? (laughs) Are you out with your parents? I'm not. You're not? No, they're still paying my rent, and I really (laughs) like that. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm waiting until after I graduate. What what do you think might happen? I assume you, but you said after you graduate, Mm -hmm. we'll probably come out to them? I will, yeah. How do you think they're going to take that? I honestly don't see them accepting me, especially not right away. My friend has been like really supportive and been like, well, you know, maybe down the road they'll uh, start to be like, you know, this is my daughter. And so they'll start to come around and be more accepting. But I think right out the bat, um, it's going to be hard to like see them very much and they're not really going to want to speak to me much. And so that's going to be rough, um, especially around the holidays. Yeah. Well, um, with that in mind, do you feel like you have a strong, like, supportive community of friends and chosen family? I really do. Um, my sister especially, she's we've always been super close, and mm-hmm. she's really supportive of me. And I do have several friends um, here on campus who um, they're also really supportive. And so mm-hmm. I know that I'll be able to lean on them when the time comes around for me to come out. And also whenever I feel like I need it now, too. Yeah. Well, wonderful. That's good to hear. You said that you grew up, obviously, in a religious family with a father that's a preacher. And people are necessarily influenced by their parents. How did you make that transition between what they were telling you is right and what you figured out for yourself was right? I think a lot of it really had to do with representation in the media, which Mm -hmm. is why this podcast and other things like this (laughs) are so important. Because I had seen uh, so many queer characters in TV shows, podcasts, movies, books, and um, it really made me to where I could accept myself almost right away, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, 
so I was actually, I was reading a book with a queer character uh, or a bisexual character. And that's when I realized, you know, I really relate to this. And so it was, it was like a flip switched, you know, or a switch flipped. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was just, it was really quick for me. And I feel like I had, I was really lucky in that regard that (laughs) I didn't have to fight with myself for so long. Yeah. You were, you're the daughter of a preacher. So you were raised in a religious household. How does your identity as someone who is bisexual and that kind of background of having been raised in that religious community and that, um, I guess, within like those religious philosophies, like how do you accommodate those two things? Well, I really I've been praying about it and everything. And um, I really felt that God was saying, you know, it's not a sin. You're not a sin. And and I've also seen, like, you know, logical explanations about, <laughs> you know, interpretations of the Bible and stuff. And another thing that has kind of been in my mind um, with religion and with specifically my dad's career mm-hmm. is that a lot of people, when I do come out, are going to feel as though, um, you know, it's a preacher's daughter gone bad kind of thing, like that one <laughs> show that they had forever ago. <laughs> and I don't want people to think that way. I don't want people mm-hmm. to see me that way because it's not bad. But that's something that I do feel will be misconstrued. How big's the town you're from? Um, the area that I'm that I live in is really small, but the area around it mm-hmm. um is probably twenty, thirty thousand people. Were you exposed to any other queer people growing up? Were you around anybody, have any friends or anything? Not so much until maybe uh, junior year of high school. I feel like a lot more people uh, in my area started coming out. Mm-hmm. And probably, I'd say like, you know, five in my high school. So it wasn't like a bunch of about like 300 or so. But it was still more than I had um, known before. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, working in the Safe Zone Resource Center, one of the major challenges that folks come up against is dealing with having an identity that is LGBTQ and having been raised in a in a community or in a, a religious organization or faith-based organization that tells them that that identity is wrong and that God doesn't love either them or that part of themselves. As somebody who's kind of come to a place where you can accommodate those two things, what advice would you have for somebody who's dealing with that crisis of faith and also trying to figure out how to be authentically themselves? I think um, a big thing to do is just pray about it and come to your own beliefs yourself. If you can find a church that is accepting of LGBT people, then definitely look into them, find a support group in them. But that is kind of hard to find sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so um, something that I do um, I'm not going to church every Sunday, but I am trying to listen to um, sermons and mm-hmm. stuff. And so it does feel a little bit, a little bit less of an offense if something is said to me, if mm-hmm. I'm not there as it's said, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you not been able to find an appropriate church for you in Tuscaloosa? Um, there are, uh, I think, four in the area, mm-hmm. um, but. They haven't felt like my church home, you know, and um, I know some of them are different denominations. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm from a Southern Baptist church, and so um, there are some disparities in there. Do you have anything else that you wanted to uh, share with us while you're here? Another thing with um, 
me feeling like God was like, you know, it's not a sin and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, as me and my friends were going to um, Central Alabama Pride, we saw, I think, four rainbows <laughs> on our way to the parade on Saturday. <laughs> and then we saw three at uh, Pride Fest on Sunday. So awesome. This is an interesting perspective that you're sharing because I don't think that we've had any particularly religious people or, you know, uh-huh. certainly no one with a father who's a preacher <laughs> has talked to us. What kind of advice would you give to people who are in kind of a similar situation in a small town somewhere in Alabama, a religious community? How did you make it through it? And how would you <laughs> how would you advise them to, to do the same? I think you really have to, um, especially if you are still closeted and you're going to church in your hometown, you really have to uh, have in the back of your mind that support system that you do have mm-hmm. um, where you do feel comfortable as people might be saying stuff that goes against your beliefs and who you are um, at these churches. And so just kind of knowing that you have people who are there for you um, as you're listening to them can really help, uh, can help get you through some of those times. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, you too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. I'd like to thank you all again for listening to Bless Our Hearts. We're putting this podcast out in observance of LGBTQIA plus History Month. We'll be putting out new episodes throughout the month of October. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss one, subscribe. And if you want to learn more about community resources for queer folks in your area, you can do so by reaching out to your local pride organization, or you can check out some new information on equalityalabama.org. This podcast is brought to you by the Safe Zone Resource Center and the Center for Instructional Technology at the University of Alabama. The Safe Zone Resource Center provides educational outreach, community support programming, and crisis intervention resources for queer individuals at UA and their allies. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so by email at safezone at ua.edu or via Facebook slash Instagram at at UA Safe Zone. If you're a faculty member and you could use some help with instructional technology or if you have the Blackboard Blues, you can reach out to the Center for Instructional Technology at 205-348-3532 or by email at cit at ua.edu. 